balloons oxidize, and so you only have them looking beautiful only for a small period of time. So what I found as I was creating this is that I only had so many hours in a day, because I had a nine-to-five job, uh, to be able to come home and work on a piece, and then I'd have to photograph it. And so I would take that piece and stick it away, and then I would move on to the next portion of it. So I had uh, – there was no if ands, or buts. I had to utilize both my balloon skills and also my graphic design skills. Take your balloons to the next level as we delve deeper into what truly makes a professional balloon artist with your host, Zivi Kivi. Now, welcome to the Balloon Artist Podcast. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. This is Zivi Kivi, and this is Season 6, Chapter 6. I'm really excited about today's episode. It's with, it's with the author and illustrator and balloon artist Stephen Mayhew about the process of creating his amazing book, the ABC Balloon Book. And I think you're going to love the interview. Here's a suggestion for you. If you already have the book, please re-listen to this show again with the book in front of you because he's exposing all of the tactics that he used to create the different designs that he made. And some of those tactics are just genius. I just, uh, I can't stress enough how how lucky you will feel if you'll have the book in front of you. If you don't have that book you can get it just go to the balloonworkshop.com that's Stephen Mayhew's uh, website for selling the book and there's all sorts of other ways to get the book that are explained in the interview at the end of the interview I am going to show with you my opinion about what type of a balloon you should use in your events see you at the other end Hello Balloon Artist Podcast Nation, this is Vivi Kivi and I'm coming to you live from LA. We just finished the convention CAX and I had the privilege of meeting Stephen Mayhew from the Balloon Workshop, the creator of the ABC Balloon Book and the marketing and e-commerce director of LA Balloons. Hello Stephen Mayhew, how are you? I'm doing great, thanks for having me Zivi. Oh man, thank you so much. Uh, before we dive into your book and the creation of it, which I know a lot of people already heard about it and are interested in, in the many techniques and hours that you've invested in this wonderful book and we'll talk about we'll explain to those that don't know the book we'll explain a little bit more about it but before that i want to learn your roots in the balloon industry and, and as a balloon artist particular in particular so tell us about how you started uh yeah so basically i have uh, balloons was my first job uh, i started as an entertainer uh children's entertainer and so I was dressed up as Barney and Spider-Man, and I did face painting and balloon animals and magic, uh, which proved to be difficult when you had, you know, big mitts on when you're Barney. Um, but I figured it out. But uh, so, yeah, so I started with that aspect. And then when I moved out to Los Angeles uh, as I pursued an acting career, uh, I needed something, some kind of job that was on the side that would allow me to be able to uh, still go on my auditions. And so I started uh, just balloon twisting solely. And then from there, I realized, wow, there's actually an industry that allows you to be able to, uh, to, to create balloon decor and make a job out of this. And so I then started up my uh, 
a balloon decorating company at that time that I ran for four years called Balloon Sensations, based out of Burbank, California here. And after four years, I decided I want to jump into the corporate side of the industry. And so I started working for Conwin, which, as many people know, is, is the uh, balloon equipment manufacturing company. And uh, then from there, after I was with them for 10 years, uh, where I was teaching, I was the marketing director, I traveled for, for, uh, for balloon conventions uh, and taught the techniques that I knew and that, that I had come up with. Uh, I then transferred over and I started working with LA Balloons, which is a uh, Los Angeles-based balloon distributor in Glendale, California. And so during all that time, that's where this book kind of came to fruition. So when did you start to work on the book? I started to work on the book back in, well, it was about five years ago. So it was like 2013-ish uh, when I started to have this concept and idea as I was searching to do something more creative in my spare time. And what, what was your, the, the goal, the, the end results that you were looking for? I started off with just wanting, I wanted something creative to do. And so I was so numbers-based at my job at the time, and being more of a creative mind, I, I just wasn't doing enough creativity and, or bringing enough creativity into my life. So I decided, uh, I started looking outside of the industry, and I was maybe drawing and sketching, and I, I looked into animation a little bit, and that's when it all, it was one day when I was looking at this little greeting card of these two owls, And I just thought, wow, that they would look really cool out of balloons. And then it all just kind of happened really quick. I thought, well, what if I was to make a bunch of little animals where there was a parent and then a child version of that animal? And then from that, I thought, well, what do I do with that? And what could I create based out of that? And that's when I thought, well, what if I made an alphabet book where there was the adult version of the animal and then the baby version? And I just thought that would be so so cute and I think I thought people might enjoy it. Did you consult with anyone about it before you started the project? I mean you've invested a lot of time in this so did you like had uh, your end game in play did you know what will happen with it? <laughs> yeah I, I, there is a lot of time that's gone into this um, you know I, I really actually kept it pretty quiet from anybody in the industry and really a lot from a lot of my friends as well um Because I couldn't explain to them, imagine a book where everything's made out of balloons. People other than us in the balloon industry would think that I'm crazy. So I thought, you know, I'm going to reach out to a couple, a couple family members of mine because I thought this would be great for uh, more of like a uh, – from the educational standpoint with preschools and teaching kids maybe their alphabets and animals. So I went to my cousin – where his wife is actually, uh, she was studying at the time to be a preschool teacher, and I showed her the one picture that I created, which was the first one, which we just happened to be on here with the book open, the frog. And it was, the, it was just the frog. There was no background. It was just the baby frog and the, the mother frog. Uh, and she looked at that after I explained to her my idea, and they both were like, you totally have something here. And... So from that point, I just kind of started speaking with uh, just a couple additional friends, kind of asking them, what are your, what are your thoughts with this? Um, and then, so I really, I really kept it pretty hush-hush. I didn't tell anybody uh, up until really the release of the book. 
And is this a self-published book? It is. I, about two years in, I realized, okay, I'm going to make a book here, and I'm going to try to do this right. So I started going to children book conventions, and I was learning a lot about that industry and the agents and how they're different from the acting agents, because that's what I knew from in my previous uh, experience. And so I was understanding publishers and editors and what they do and who chooses children's picture books and what they're looking for, how that whole industry happens. And they just were talking so much about, you know, be, expect to get 40 or 50 rejection letters, if not more. And so I thought, well, you know, what the heck, I'll, I'll try it. And so as I started to finish up the book, I started to submit the artwork to some of the agents that I had met at the children's book conventions and surprisingly, they all got back to me, and but told me, you know, they said, I totally love this. This is amazing. It's never been done before. I've never seen anything like it. But I don't know how to market you, or I don't think it's the right fit for our agency, or whatever it might be. So I thought, you know, well, what the heck? Let's go ahead, and I'm going to self-publish this, and I'm going to figure it out. And so that's what I did. So I self-published it under the Balloon Workshop Press, which is a division of my company that I created, the Balloon Workshop, which is all based around creating educational material where everything's made out of balloons for kids. Wow. While you were talking, I'm like glimpsing in some of the pictures and just uh, and amazed from the beauty and the details of what I see. But uh, before we go into the details of, of how you actually were able to create such marvelous pictures of, of all those animals uh, made out of balloons, I have to ask you a marketing question. All of those letters that are also made out of balloons, can you like kind of maybe... Bundle them up as a, like a separate product, a digital product, and you know, kind of release this to the market so that people can, you know, make their website prettier. Uh, you're saying you should to be able to utilize the the balloon, like the first letter of each of the names of the animals, to yeah. be able to uh, provide to like balloon artists to use on their websites. Yeah, I, I could, but here's the thing, I. I believe I've seen these letters created by many, uh, primarily balloon twisters, but some decorators out there. Um, I mean, this is, I think, something, when it comes to that, I think a balloon artist would be able, if they know how to make pinch twists, I mean, and, a, and some loop twists here and there, I, I think most people would probably be able to create them. Yeah, to create them, that's true, but to take the pictures in this quality is a different, uh, is a different uh, hurdle. That's very true. I, you know, I've never thought about that before, so I will, I will definitely take it in consideration. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> cool. So uh, it's just, it's just uh, all very well made and can help people in, uh, in their businesses. So I know that you want to help people, uh, kids uh, get educated, but uh, we're all one big happy family of an industry, and, and, and this is valuable. So tell us a little bit about the process of creating let's say just one one piece let's start with a the alligator i mean this looks this looks like a, a one-year project for me. <laughs> so explain the process please so here's the funny thing the alligator is actually the last one that i created um so that i think that's why there's so much more going on i learned so much through the process of all this um 
but I, I didn't I didn't start at the beginning, obviously, and then work my way through. And for the few people who knew I was doing this, they'd go, what letter are you on? And I said, well, I'm on Q, you know. And they're like, oh, you're almost done. Nope, nope. Actually, that's the fifth letter, you know, uh, because I based it off of what I really wanted to do next. I would look at the na- the names of the animals, and then if I had an idea in my mind, that was what I went with. Um and so, I'm sorry, you're asking for A, like what my, my, what my process yeah, was. Like, like when I look at it, uh, on the, and I'm a professional balloon artist, so I can, I can see distortions, I can see, you know, um, some, some pretty well-hidden connection points. I imagine there's some Photoshop involved, but would love to, to learn more from you. And like was like of course balloons they deoxidize they become uh, they they die on you so how how do you make it work for you and so on? So you you covered a lot, actually a lot of great points. Um, as us in the balloon industry know, balloons oxidize, and so you only have them looking beautiful. Obviously, if you're not using balloon shine, um, only for a small period of time. So what I found as I was creating this is that I only had. I only had so many hours in a day because I had a nine to five job uh, to be able to come home and work on a piece and then I'd have to photograph it. And so I would take that piece and stick it away and then I would move on to the next portion of it. So I had uh, there was no if, ands or buts. I had to utilize both my balloon skills and also my graphic design skills, because when you look through the book, some of these things can actually exist in real life, like the butterfly that was made in one foul swoop. Uh, but. There was, you know, the background of the butterfly, for instance, the the blue sky. That's a very that's a uh, that's a three foot balloon that I took a picture of, and then utilized. And then the clouds were made independently. And so for the alligator, for ex- instance, I the whole body was all created in one shot, down to the base of the tail before it comes back up out of the water. Uh, so everything there is created. And yes, like the legs, I used a distortion technique. Uh, those are 646s that I stuffed uh, balloons inside, two balloons, and then puffed a little bit of air to be able to get that. And then uh, it was also about angles. And so the alligator's head looks great from this angle, but it looks like a disaster and does not look like an alligator's head from the other angle. So it was all about which angle, how to how to pose the shot. Um, you know, the, So each of the aspects of the alligator, that was one foul swoop. And then I made all the... Uh, all the, the pussy willows, which are the brown weeds that are coming out uh, as two separate shots. And then the ladybugs I created, and I'm sorry, lightning bugs. I created about three lightning bugs that I then shot at different angles to be able to put them in at their different locations. The tree, the two trees in the background are, that's usually the one question that most people ask. And they're like, how did you make the tree? So I had learned this amazing technique from Evie and Sylvia um, out in Florida to, to amazing, amazing instructors. And uh, while I was uh, at Conwin, uh, I was watching them do a class, and I saw them use this technique about with a monofilament line when they slide it into a 260, stretch the 260, let go of the 260, and then the monofilament line causes the 260 to curl. And I looked at that, and I went, oh, my gosh. That's how I'm going to create one my yak, and two the 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 uh, sleeping, the willow trees for the the alligator. How about the light effect for the actual uh, f- uh, fire bl- bugs? So that I actually had to take. I had to do that in the dark, and I took a Conwin balloon bulb, uh, 
and literally just lit it up and had to take a picture of it, trying a bunch of different settings on my camera, because uh, I photograph every single element. It's, I sketch it, I create the balloon design, I photograph it, and then I digitally lay it out, the whole thing out. So with that, I had to take an actual photograph of the three-foot balloon lit up and then be able to take that and layer that onto the back of the little flying lightning bugs. How about the texture on the mud? I mean, is, I, you can see it's, a, it's, it's balloon latex material, but it doesn't look like balloons. So what, what is that? It's a simple, simple procedure. You stick paper inside of a, uh, it was an 11-inch balloon, and then suck the air out. And so what you're seeing is actually as big as your fist. That's, as, that's how large it is. And then I zoomed in with my camera to take that shot specifically to then layer that into the photograph and then place the alligator on top of that. That's, that's really amazing. How about the clouds? Like the clouds, are they, uh, are they photoshopped to stand like this? Did you have like one balloon at a time or were they glued together? You'll actually notice there's a couple different clouds. And so the first time I created the clouds, you know, I was kind of creating like, a, like the, fantasy cl- the fantasy clouds that we know where it's just like, kind of like a clump of clouds or a clump of balloons to make a cloud. And it wasn't, I didn't like it. So I thought, Okay, well, what can I do? So I then, cr- I then laid out the balloons, one three-foot balloon and then underinflated 16-inch balloons and then 11 and 5-inch, and I kind of liked that. And I used that for a couple of the shots throughout the book. But then I ultimately came back around and I decided I wanted to, like for the alligator, there's a pink hue on it. So I had to photograph each individual balloon with the light on it. So I had my lighting rig all light, lit up so that way it was a pink light that was cast onto the balloons and then I went through and I cut out each one and then layered them all together so like for example the, the, this is amazing uh, the there's pair a lot of, of techniques that, yeah. that go into each aspect of everything you know yeah and most of it you've developed it all by yourself yeah I mean there's I really I made it a point I had never really seen something like this created before I had I didn't even know that there was a uh, that a book had actually been created for a children's book made out of balloons um, years and years and years ago, and which was extremely impressive. But I wanted mine to be something different. And so um, I and I wanted techniques that, for the most part, people hadn't seen before. And, you know, so I, I did my best to try to explore and figure out new concepts that were brand new to our industry, but also keeping in mind that it was, it's for our industry, but it's also for the general public. I think this is – I wanted to be able to make something that, uh, that the general public could look at and go, you, these are balloons, and then inspire them to call a balloon artist, to call a balloon decorator, and to drum business up in this industry because there's still – I still believe majority of people do not know what can be done with balloons, not just with this, but in our real world, conventions and what we see. I still don't think enough people know otherwise – we would be I think there'd be a lot more balloon decorators because you know more people are requesting it how about the eyes are they really connected or they're photoshopped afterwards so on some of them like the alligator the white of the eyes is actually a balloon that was on that specific on the alligator itself and then I would photograph a black balloon that I would layer on top some other ones I did trick photography so I would have to do a smaller balloon a smaller black balloon, like a five-inch balloon, and then an 11-inch balloon behind it, and then photograph it from dead straight on, so that way the the five-inch balloon was right in the middle of the 11-inch balloon. So it's kind of like me, and then 
three feet, the five inch balloon, and then two feet, the 11 inch balloon. And in that shot, it lined up and then I'd be able to cut it out and place it in. So, so basically like when I'm I'm looking in all of those pictures, there's not an inch here somewhere that is like not latex on the front side of things. (laughs) Everything, every square inch of every piece that you see is a latex balloon except for the stars on the alligator page and the owl because i i just figured it would look a lot better if it was just some some foil mylar stars and so 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 but that's still balloons they're still balloons yep yeah if you if you know we, we know what balloons look like especially the foil mylar stars so i if you look at it and look close enough you'll be like oh yeah that's that's a that's a foil star balloon like for example here the different size of the frogs is that just a minimal a smaller version of this of of a 260 frog basically yeah so it's actually i made a separate frog for the baby version but you can't you know in the real world you can only go so small compared to compared to proportions of the larger balloon so that that one was two separate frogs but shot into at two separate times because Otherwise, that the big frog would have to be 646s, and it would never look like that. Yeah. Uh, so you had a lot of, of, of um, sculpting here to, to think of in terms of proportions and using um, uninflated balloons and distortion balloons and inflated balloons in all sorts of ways with all sorts of techniques. Have you, have you ever thought about teaching some of those techniques? Um. I haven't, and I because I look at it like what I'm creating is a world that, in some instances, can resist exist in our reality, and in some other instances, it can't. And so, um, like this, for instance, the kangaroo that uh, that ZV flipped to here, that could exist. That's something that would be able to be made. Um, but I think that I'm I'm more focused on continuing to create new designs and new media that I haven't really thought about kind of teaching the, the, the distortion techniques. I think there's a lot of instructors that are out there already teaching such amazing techniques. And so if you have an opportunity to, to go to a class of theirs and they're teaching distortion, check it out. It's, it's amazing what you can do with it. How did you do the water, uh, uh, drops on the ladybug? So the water drops was something a little different. I, was thinking, okay, how do you make a balloon look like a, a water droplet? And so I thought, well, you could fill it with water. And so, but to be able to make it, like in the back dew drop there, to be able to make it have that, like, bowing out effect where it's, like, low to the ground and expands outward, it had to be a very large balloon to get the weight to expand. So that those are three-foot balloons that I had to fill with water and then photograph with a tablecloth underneath it so that way the green you wouldn't see like the floor that it was on uh, and it was outside and so i didn't have to have any lighting effects or anything like that the sun was perfect and but they're literally just three foot balloons filled with water and the and the, the, the and the colors under the ladybug of the leaf that one is, it's a fantasy flower, basically. It's just a fantasy leaf. It's a wire inside of a balloon. This is the only one that I actually painted. So you, so the leaf itself is a balloon, and then I sat there, and then I actually painted all of the, the, the veins of the leaf in and things like that. So what, what did you use for painting? Acrylic. I just kept it, acrylic with a little bit of water. 
Like with a, basically the, the smallest brush possible? Yeah, b basically. Yeah, because the, the leaf was only about maybe six inches in width. And so I had to sit there and I just slowly painted each little element and then did some sponging techniques to kind of give it texture and things like that. This is <laughs> this just... Uh, you, you really do need to, to look at the book to understand uh, how amazing it is. And, and I feel uh, very lucky to be able to flip through the book and ask you all those questions because a lot of times balloon people can be skeptic when they see this because you claim to use everything balloons and like I, I must admit that I'm, I, my mind is blown right now. Um, so guys, if you do want to take a look at the book um, and, and purchase it, what would, would you recommend? What should people do? Um, so it I would probably say it depends on where you're located at around the world. So I have uh, the amazing John Bowler over at uh, Bapia. Uh, he is selling the book. So for if you're if you live in Europe, that would be the best way to be able to to obtain the book is to go to uh, BapiaOnline.com. And um, I also have distributors in Australia. Qualitex Australia is uh, selling the book, and there's also a couple. Um, Asian-based distributors that are selling the book, you can actually go to my website, theballoonworkshop.com, and you can see those who those people are. Um, you can buy the book from the website, and then it's also on amazon.com here in the United States. This project uh, is something that you've invested many years of your life into this, and um, these days you also uh, you, you've released um, a kids' uh, coloring book, Uh, which I got for my kids, and um, thank you for that. And uh, and, uh, and and you're working on on new projects, on new media projects. Uh, without going much into details, can you tell us just what is your vision with those new next projects? Well, this is like the this is the the first stepping stone I that I found. Working on this book for four years, uh, it gave me a lot of time while I was twisting balloons and, and putting them all together to really think about what this could become. And I saw this as a business that would be able to expand to be able to help educate kids and get, them in, get people interested in balloons, but be able to talk to children and, and educate through something and a medium that they already love. So the, the project, so I can't talk about all of them right now, uh, it, the, the next step is to make this much more public and then also there's other uh, I have new, other books that I've written and those are going to be coming out I'm working on those now um, and then there's other mediums and uh, art mediums that you're going to be seeing this in um, and other media as well and so it's about taking this concept and and really expanding the world of balloons to kids and helping them learn their ABCs, learn to read, uh, learn about, uh, you know, the best way to uh, interact with people and, you know, all the different lessons that, that are out there, but through something that they're already interested in. Did you ever have moments that you felt like this is too hard, you want to stop working on the book? All the time. All the time. And how, I, how did you overcome those Well, I was. I would like to say, you know, you know the the example of you see the iceberg at the top, and that's the the concept of that's the success. And but down below is all the hard work, and you know, it's kind of broken out to that. That this is very much that. 
this is a this process every animal took me anywhere between two weeks to three months to make and then there would be months that I'd have to stop working on it because I I would get stuck or I I hit a roadblock and I and I lost my passion for a moment and I'd be like you know what am I doing nobody knows I'm making this so what's the purpose you know who who cares and then something would come back to me and I would think I there's something here I and the whole reason I was doing this to begin with was to have fun and so that's what it needs to continue to be and so that's what I kept I think I kept thinking about was it's supposed to be fun so I put myself on a on a time frame and be like, okay, I have to have this animal done by this by this specific date in two weeks. And then I would be getting closer to that date and I'd start to get hard on myself and be like, oh my gosh, I'm not, you know, I'm not doing enough in a night. And then I would just be like, ugh, I just don't want to do this right now. And I realized if I just take my time and focus, continue to make this fun and do the animals that I want to do, then... I will ultimately get done at some point. And so I think that was the the biggest thing. And then also the other side of it was my partner kept telling me, just keep going. And so I, when, when things got really tough, I would just look at it and be like, okay, I need to just keep going. I need to, I'm already halfway through this design, finish the design, photograph the design, and you can call it a night. And so it was a lot about just, just keep going. And you usually worked in the evenings or in the night? Yeah, because I had a nine-to-five job and continue to do so now. Um, that was the only time I could actually spend on it. And so I would get home from work, and I'd have something quick to eat, and then I would head into my studio and just and start sketching, drawing. I'd have a list of the things I needed to create or do. And, uh, and then on the weekends, that was the time when I would have, like, eight-hour days. And so it was being able to try to... You know, balance a uh, uh, basically a second job, but also still have a personal life. I need to still go out and have drinks with friends and have dinners and you know and things like that. And so it was very difficult. It's you know it's really like a second job, but I love it. Um, it sounds like you don't watch TV that often. <laughs> I do every once in a while. The great thing is this is and I love this. When people for like Christmas and my birthday and stuff like that, when they're like, "What do you want for what do you want for a gift?" I'm like, "I would like something on a DVD set or or Blu-ray, I guess now. Um, or I want like books on tape. So I have a subscription to audible.com uh, so I can listen to books because I'll sit there and I've got I can't tell you how many books I've, I've listened to just working on this project or how many uh, I turn on Netflix and I would watch uh, it was through this that I actually watched Friends. The, the finally the, the whole all the seasons um, so funny enough I did watch a lot of television but it was kind of on in the background and I was listening to it but um, I really made it a point as much as I could to try to focus on this uh, to, to, to try and get it done you, when you say that you watch in, in like in the background you mean because some of the techniques requires a lot of repetitive work yeah like um, so if I was sketching, When I'd come up with a design, I'd sit on my couch and I'd have my iPad up and I would be going through to kind of like gain inspiration of like animals, the newt and it's a real newt and what they look like and what their landscape and environment was because I had to research that aspect of, it as it, of those as well. So I'd go through and I would 
I'd sketch while I was watching TV, but it was just on in the background. Or uh, if I'm actually sitting at the computer and like lay- and, and cutting everything out and laying them together, I would have a little screen going in the in the top right hand corner. Or if some things were repetitive, and so like making the leaves on the for the giraffe's tree, that's just I made over I think two three hundred fantasy flower leaves, and we if you've done it before, you know it is monotonous. And so you just sit there and, you know, with the wire and you have an, and it's an assembly line of one. It's me. And, you know, trying to create it and, and do all the rest of it. So, so yeah, it was, uh, some things were repetitive. Some things, I just needed something going on in the background so I could, I wouldn't, you know, go crazy. <laughs> wow. Um, you, you, you sure uh, have created a, a wonderful Uh, book and I hope that uh, you get uh, some responses from people that, that show this to their kids or that uh, buy that can you share with us a story about some of the responses you got? Absolutely I, and thank you for asking because I was creating this book with this because con- I don't have any children so I have a niece and so I had to base a lot of my base responses and or like what I would think would work off of her reaction so I would FaceTime her As my sister would be have the camera in her face, she would then open up the file to look at the the animal and I would know if I hit it if she her eyes got big and she got excited and had a big smile. If she was confused, I did something wrong, you know uh, but once it's launched, once it was launched, I didn't think I guess I never put two and two together and thought, well, you know what would be the what are, what's going to be the reaction of kids when they see this? And I, once I launched it and people started receiving their books, they were sending me videos of them showing the book to their kids for the first time. And I posted a couple of them on my Facebook, on the Facebook page for the Balloon Workshop because it is amazing to see a little kid get so excited about the book and to flip every page, every time the parent would flip the page, it was like discovering, I mean, a new world for them. And I... It gave me the biggest joy and made me realize like, wow, this is full circle. This is really the reason why I did this and why I want to keep doing it. And so if you get the book, please, and you have kids or nieces or nephews, please record them and post on Facebook and tag me in it because I love seeing it. Their reactions are so genuine and so real. And it just, it makes it, it makes it all worth it. Um... Uh... Uh, thank you so much for for sharing all of this with us um, let's talk briefly also about your job in with LA balloons what in, what what are your goals with that and what exactly is your day-to-day look like uh, my day-to-day is busy uh, LA balloon well moving over to LA balloons it's under new ownership now uh, for the past I think three years and so um, I I I like being on the corporate side. I got away from the actual day-to-day balloon decorating um, because it, it, was, it didn't allow me to have as much interaction with clients or customers, and it gave me a whole new set of skills that I've been able to kind of parlay into the book, into, the, into this new business. Um, and so with L.A. Balloons, it's great because L.A. Balloons used to be uh, owned by Conwin, It was a smaller distributorship here in Los Angeles. And now that it's under new ownership and it's not owned by Conwin any longer, 
they're able to expand. And so being able to be a part of a, of a company still in the same industry that I love and be able to help people. So when, you know, I, I have somebody that, that calls in and I've known them for six years and they say, I need a penguin foil balloon and everyone else is out. I see that they're available on your site. And I'm like, yes, no, let's take care of this. We have so, you know, so many in stock. And so the fact that I can be there to help people interact, see what the latest trends are, see the newest balloons that are coming out, everything from like the metallic graphite and grayish, and then the amazing Qualitex chrome balloons, uh, which I can't wait to utilize in some form or another in my next project. Being able to see all the new things and the trends and what's going on and what's selling, you know, I love all that stuff. So I love the fact that I'm in my personal life, I'm working on something balloon related. And then in my professional life, uh, I'm, I'm able to also work on work within an industry that I love and that I want to continue to support and help and make it the best that it can be. And so and L.A. Balloons really is a platform for that, uh, but with such strong leadership that allows, you know, for strong customer service and uh, and for my voice to be heard. And so it means a lot. And do you uh, sell balloons throughout the entire USA? We do. Um, like many distributors, we're a nationwide uh, distributorship, so we ship balloons across the nation. Um, we're on the West Coast, and so it's uh, in Los Angeles and California. And so it just makes sense depending on kind of where you're located as a balloon decorator, um, you know, where or a twister or party shop or florist or whatever you are. Um, you know, where your distributor's located and what their stock levels are looking like. It just depends. If anyone is interested in taking a look at um, your, your balloons, you can, they can go to laballoons.com. And uh, your website is so pretty and uh, easy to navigate. How, how, how did you make, make that happen? Uh, well, being the marketing director, I, I manage all the graphic side. And so... Um, I've been in this industry long enough to know I've looked at a lot of websites and a lot of them are amazing and a lot of them uh, struggle in different aspects. And so uh, so I utilize that to try to make it as easy as possible thinking of it from the end user. For, so rather than just being like, well, this looks pretty, it's like, no, it needs to make sense from the, for the balloon decorator or the twister who's going in and – How do you want to get to the balloons? When I was a decorator, this is how I would want to get to them, to be able to see all the options. Make it easy for me. And so I utilize that. And then also the, the owner of L.A. Balloons comes from the balloon industry of over 25 years in, of being in it uh, from a decorating standpoint. So he also knew as well. And so it was very important. We went through and then we uh, tested out, had focus groups where people actually we'd show them different designs and then they have to make a uh, they would select which option would be the easiest to be able to navigate or use and uh so so it was a very slow process but and i actually worked for uh the owner of la balloons for a year before the doors actually opened to prepare all the data the website uh lit floor layouts uh the product lines all of that Amazing. Uh, just like your book is uh, so um, you could fill the details in every single page uh, after visiting you guys in L.A. Balloons and, of course, uh, visiting your site. I have to say that you can see the, the, the passion and the care for the details there as well. So um, thank you so much for your time, Stephen Mayhew. I 
I definitely recommend people to follow you and see what your next project is. Where would you like people to follow you around uh, on social media and in general? Okay, so the best way to follow me is if you're on Instagram and you're a big Instagram user, you can follow me at balloon. WK shop so that's like balloon workshop but it's balloon WK shop or on Facebook and if you just type in the balloon workshop you'll see uh, the ABC balloon logo pop up and you can follow me there so that would be perfect cool and do you also have a, a balloon workshop uh, website yes if you actually go to the balloon workshop.com uh, there's a lot of other products there that I've that I've made from this book as well and so you can uh, you can check out the animals and Um, but there's the book that's there. The coloring book is available because uh, I kind of felt like that would paired well and made sense. So that way it's the next step and there's activities in it for kids. Uh, and then I also developed all of the animals into posters. And so whether it be at your balloon shop or your kid's uh, nursery room, um, every single one of the animals are available in two different poster sizes. And then I also developed animals. free activities for kids as well that are based off the animals so there's uh, you can learn about the the kids can learn about the animals um, they can color them in there's some free coloring guides there's a, a whole wall unicorn printout that you can print out and tape together and the kids can color it in um, and so it's I've tried to, to incorporate different aspects so people can continue the education through the balloon workshop and kids can continue learning with it So you can go with your kids uh, even uh, to the balloonworkshopbook.com? No, it's no. theballoonworkshop.com. So you can go with your kids to theballoonworkshop.com and continue the journey, uh, maybe get your hands on the book as well or just on uh, some of the activities. This book is just so well made. I'm so happy to travel home to my family and, and show this to my three kids, and I'll, I'll send you some videos of that. Yes. Um, <laughs> Thank you again for all that you do, and I hope to meet you uh, next time that Absolutely. I come. Thank you, ZV. I really appreciate the time. Thanks for talking with me. It's been a pleasure. Cool. And see you guys next week on the Balloon Artist Podcast. I hope you've enjoyed Stephen Mayhew's interview. I want to just share with you this one thing about, you know, we have so many uh, politics in the industry about which balloons we use. And which brand we use, and I wanted to share with you my opinion about it. I didn't share it before. I feel this season is different, like with the story about the ecology and how I feel that a balloon releases a liter. I want to share with you my opinion about what type of balloons you should use. So here's the thing: I believe that you should use. The right balloon for the right job. And you as a professional need to make an assessment on all sorts of criteria about what is the right balloon for the job. Yeah? The right balloon for the job might be the most expensive balloon and it might be not the most expensive balloon. It depends on what you need from the balloon to do. If... certain colors are not high enough quality for you, you might need to use a different brand. If some items only exist with another brand, you should use the balloons in your business if that's what your customer needs, if that's what your, you know, your designs are for your business. And finally, 
if some balloons are not filling as nicely as others, ask yourself, what will the customer care about? Will he care about the end results of how your design looks like or how your hands felt while making the design? So if we are going to be a professional industry with professionals leading the industry, then you guys are the professionals. You that listen right now to the Balloon Artist podcast need to think more about your customers than about how your hands feel like when you're touching a specific type of balloon. If that balloon is what's right for the job, for you, for your artistic creation, then boy, oh boy, it, I don't care about how it feels on your hands. And your customer doesn't care either. I've been working with um, balloons from all sorts of manufacturers that the balloons themselves felt a little bit sticky. But the end results was amazing. And the compliments I got and the referrals and the repeat bookings were amazing. And you know what? I managed to do it on the right budget and to keep a little bit more money for my family. And it just doesn't make any sense that we need to fight about it and to be ashamed or afraid about what type of balloons we use. It doesn't make any sense. You are the balloon boss. You are the professional. You choose what type of balloons you use. And with that said, see you next week, guys. Hello, Balloon Artist Podcast Nation. Zivi Kivi here. And this is Season 6, Chapter 6, The Tip Section. Uh, you may have heard me last week sharing with you the tip about how you can find out what is the best tool for you to make a reminder uh, about a task. And I shared with you how, for me, it's an email. Uh, when I send myself an email in, certain, in a certain scheduling uh, that I do, um, then I treat the, the task that I get as something that is very important for me and I manage to get the task done. And the tip for this week is to make the calendar as a tool that is a part of your day-to-day. So I want you to have this ability. And this is a tip that maybe requires a little bit of training and a little bit of thought. And if it's easy for you, then just go through the training, practicing, and get it done. And if it's uh, like it sounds easy, trust me, it's worth it. Like this is what professional businesses need to do and have the ability to do that. Here's what you do. You go to your calendar. You do write down in your calendar something that is not something that you usually like to do. Maybe it's going for a jog. Maybe it's cleaning the balloon studio. Maybe it's cleaning your car. Maybe it's just learning, just education, practicing. Uh, maybe checking out the Balloon Artist College website and seeing what new courses we have. It doesn't really matter. What matters is that you choose something and you write down 
that task in your calendar and then you use the tool to remind you in a way that will make you actually do that, that task no matter what that thing in your schedule is holy and after you practice this once twice three times your calendar becomes a tool that you care about that you look at it that you respect and when you start to control your time and your calendar some pretty amazing things are going to happen in your business see you next week on the balloon artist podcast <laughs>